into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. That's right. That's right. Good morning. If you are new here, please subscribe. Please smack that thumbs up because you know as a guest host that things are going to get very interesting. Hopefully no audio issues. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world that you may be, because this is a global podcast, and thank you for joining. Today is April 25th, and well, you know what, we are currently looking at episode 352 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Good to have everybody here. Um, with, this is really a show where we are going to break down, as always, the latest cyber threats and how you can incorporate this information that from a while well, dr gerald Ozer does a CISO level i will do more of a technical level but either way hopefully you can better incorporate this into your cybersecurity practices whether you are just going in to try to crush it uh, in today's activities you got a job interview whatever may be going on hopefully this information will embedder you you know moving forward you know the when you think when you look at your goals and you look at different milestones and everything literally a half an inch every day repetitively in your cybersecurity goals will make you so much stronger you know i promise you listen to this thing about 90 days 180 days even a year like most of the the people here are you're going to be so much better informed because you're going to have this foundation of information of what's going on in the cybersecurity information right i mean think of a door hinge you know a little bitty door hinge putting that on does such a great radius so think about that little piece of information can open literally doors as we've seen um as in yesterday's uh, was it fridays or mondays simply cyber challenge where bsec tampa is asking one of the people to actually do speak at one of the conferences. How cool is that, right? Talk about his story getting into cybersecurity. So, but we will get into that a little bit more. First and foremost, let's give a shout out to the stream sponsors. And well, let's get my courses. We don't have audio issues today. We just have sharing screen issues today. <laughs> oh my gosh here we go there's not one issue it is another ladies and gentlemen i tell you what let's get this rolled over here for those who don't know i do know why i get this problem sorted out aka you know i forgot to do it um have do really do appreciate everybody reaching out to me on linkedin asking those questions just know that sometimes things do get a little crazy for me. So um, thanks for your patience as 
you send me messages and waiting for responses. I do appreciate all the positive feedback that I've been getting while filling in for Dr. Gerald Osier during this time that he's got, you know, of course, other stuff maybe going on. You know, I don't want to, you know, give away anything he may or may not be doing, but in short term, he is pretty much doing, you know, uh, here in the U.S., we have certain civic duties that we take care of. Um, so he is off taking care of some of those this week. I know he wishes he could be here and spending time every morning with you, ladies and gentlemen. But here we go. This should work now. All right. There we go. There we go. Yep. All right. Cool. That is showing. Thank you so much for pay, for tolerating that one. Um, let me introduce you to XM Cyber. You know, organizations are overwhelmed by with thousands of exposures across cloud and on-premise environments on a monthly basis. Reducing cyber risk is an up most important task you know you hear it every, i say it all the time you hear every time we talk about some of these things that you know there's always a new cyber threat and of course today there will be um you know more of those you know cyber tests or risks that we will be talking about so partnering with a company like x of cyber will help you discover the most critical threats and practical tips you need to overcome remediation fatigue with a new approach to efficiency re efficiently reduce risk with XM Cyber's 2023 state of the management or state of the exposure management report. Check out that link of the report down in the description below. Download it, review it, and see if XM Cyber is a good solution that you may want to have for their conversations. I will tell you here at Barricade Cyber, we are scheduling a call with XM Cyber. We've been hearing a lot of buzz about them, you know, from you know, some patch management from some uh, pen test, automated pen testing, things of that nature. So even us at Barricade, we're, we're going to be talking to them, see if it's something that we could incorporate in our service offering or, you know, help make us even more secure. As InfoSec people, we are constantly being uh, bombarded by threat actors as well, just like everybody else is, right? So, you know, we're going to be even looking at them potentially. Let me also introduce one of the other show sponsors of Panopsi Security. Look, folks, these guys, like I said before, they are around quantified risk assessment. You know, if you have, like I said yesterday, if you have these, you know, vulnerabilities that are impacting your business and you want to be able to communicate with that C-suite about how to actually, you know, put dollars and cents to actual vulnerability, you know, Panopsi Security is that operations for you. So talk to Panopsi Security, see how they can be able to help you, you know, express to that C-suite the dollars and cents of the vulnerabilities. You know, what's the total cost of potentially getting breached? How much is this going to cost you on an hour, on a day, on a weekly basis? You know, this is what these guys and gals do at Panopsi Security. So definitely reach out to them and get you know, informed and see if they are as well a possible uh, vendor for you and your organization. So to say hello, everybody, to Team Live. I see you out there in the chat. Thank you so much for joining. One for people that do not get much love is Team I know this, if you guys and gals may not know, but each episode is uploaded in a podcast format. 
So we do have, you know, a team audio that we unfortunately won't be able to, to um, you know, be able to say hi to officially on the threat feed, uh, the feed of the YouTube and LinkedIn. But we do see you, team audio. We hope you are doing well out there driving into work and being able to, you know, catch up on your latest cybersecurity news. Hello to Team Replay. If you are just catching this after hours or, you know, when you wake up again, like I said this morning, this is a global podcast. So we definitely want to say hi to them. If you're trying to get caught up because you showed up a little late to work because of traffic and you are Team Hybrid, say hello, Team Hybrid. Nice to see you. Hope to catch up with you, um, you know, here in just a moment. I'm do loving the the Dolphin t comments in the, the chat. Um, so, you know, just for that, we'll dolphin it up for a moment there. <laughs> um, and, of course, Team Hybrid and Team Passive Observer. So if you are watching on or listening on audio and then catching us live, Team Hybrid or catching up, um, or if you're like me, you always got some sort of noise in the background to help you focus, um, you know, then Passive Observer. We see you. We love you. We hope you are doing well as as well. And with that, we are going to dip into the smooth and hopefully now that we've only had one issue <laughs> this morning because of me scrambling, trying to get things up and running. Let's try to get into the news today. I do have a bonus episode of something that you may need to know that's not being discussed yet that came off the wire this morning. Um, about five hours ago. So we will have a quote-unquote bonus episode or bonus story during the mid-roll, but um, we'll talk about that later. Here we go. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. A call to standardize threat group naming. Last week, Microsoft's security division announced changes to its name taxonomy for threat groups, moving from names of elements to a two-word scheme. It's designed the system to use a weather-based term to indicate a suspected country of origin and whether it's operated by a criminal enterprise or state-sponsored. Wire's Andy Greenberg noted this now makes dangerous threat groups sound almost whimsical with names like Periwinkle Tempest, Pumpkin Sandstorm, and Seashell Blizzard. This joins common names for other threat groups used in the industry, like the Russian military intelligence group, often going by Fancy Bear. Sources in the industry say Microsoft's new scheme not only requires updating threat databases, but also locks in national origin assumptions with no transparency about a level of confidence. Greenberg reiterated calls from Mandiant and others in the industry for NIST to come up with a consistent threat group designation for the industry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's just Yay! any and all common sense right out the window. You know, oh, I was attacked by fuzzy, lovely kitty. Come on, people. You know, Dr. Jared Ozier has mentioned this so many times. You know, when you're especially when you get into the infosec community, you're trying to figure out, you know, is this APT2? Is this APT21? Is this, you know, what is fuzzy bear? What is, you know, panda? lick your bottom you know all these stupid stupid names you know we've i understand to some degree some of the higher end people like her crowd strike your um 
FireEye, man, man, well, I can't say Mandy and FireEye, but, you know, because they're now separated. But, you know, your CrowdStrike, your FireEye, your Mandiant, your – I really don't like that Microsoft is in the name. But I understand because they are a big global commodity or um, uh, enterprise organization and they are doing info security that, you know, they should potentially have a seat at the table at their own naming convention. Um, but – it's really, really hard to, unless you're, you almost need, if you ever been in InfoSec building, you know, you'll see like the SANS posters and you'll see MITRE ATT&CK posters and you'll see all these posters. And it's, it's almost like we need a poster that unfortunately will need to keep getting updated, laminated and thrown up on the wall of, you know, APT21, AKA, you know, fungus, toe fungus, AKA, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it really does get absurd, ladies and gentlemen. It's, oh, uh, I really hope this is not the set of the day. I know several people in chat are already saying, oh, let's see how many times he does a dolphin today. <laughs> um, uh, panda lick your butt. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, if y'all are on team audio, some of the chat today is crazy. Um, everybody's. Everybody is hilarious. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let's get on to the next story because I could beat this dead horse to death again. Threat actors using new tools to disable EDR. Researchers at Sophos published a report detailing an undocumented defense evasion tool called Owkill. This effectively uses a bring-your-own-vulnerability driver attack on Process Explorer to disable endpoint detection and response processes. From there, attacks deploy a backdoor or ransomware. Attackers use Owkill since the start of 2023 to launch Medusa Locker and Lockbit ransomware variants with six different Owkill variations seen in the wild. Owkill requires admin privileges to work, so it limits the utility of the attack to already significantly compromised organizations. Yeah, the thing that you really need to take a notice on this one, that last sentence that they just mentioned, that... You already have to be a privileged user. You have to already be a admin. You know, you've already either did a brute force, got cred, you know, popped creds, and before you're doing your LSAS dump that I was talking about yesterday in the Q and A, you know, this is a way to get around EDR tools, so that way you can perform LSAS. So this is just another technique that you need to potentially spin up in your vms that has your edr solution that has your sim solution you know and start running this against your own infrastructure again you're in a quote-unquote sandbox you have your tools that you are already have installed on this vm so you can get that forensic knowledge you can get that um information uh the the ttps and make sure that your tools that you have deployed is picking up on this stuff and you can quickly react, right? Hypothetically, let's just say this tool works against your EDR. Are you able to quickly detect that in your SIM or other tool that way you can instantly isolate it? Because I guarantee you there is no active user, even a sysadmin that would be using this tool in a normal day-to-day -day operation. So, you know, again, if you're used, get a hold of this tool, in your in your sandbox environment please you know big asterisks in your sandbox and controlled environment 
get your tools installed. Make sure that you're able to detect things like this, you know, because this is a tool that's not just a today tool, as you heard in here, you know, Medusa Locker and Lockbit, who's been around uh, many, many years. I think Lockbit's been around for three or four years now, maybe four. Um, hell, even maybe even longer than that. But uh, there are, you know, six different versions. Try to get, you know, onto like Mouseshare or VirusTotal or some of these other platforms that may potentially have different hashes of this malware. And again, throw them at your, your stack. Make sure you are secure. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Making sure you're secure by using some of these tools. And anyway, I feel like I'm going to beat a lot of horses today, unfortunately. Anyway, we'll carry on. North Dakota turns to AI for cyber. In an interview with CISO Online, North Dakota's Chief Information Security Officer, Michael Gregg, said the state is already using AI to assist in dealing with cybersecurity threats more efficiently. The state partnered with Palo Alto Networks on an Autonomous Security Operations Center using machine learning to automate low-level security incidents. Gregg said his team dealt with 50,000 incidents last year, and roughly half of those were related to phishing. The new system was trained on these low-level phishing events and can now handle a large volume of them. Greg says this leaves his analysts with more time for forensics, malware analysis, and red team training. Hmm. Yeah. Anytime you go to a conference, and I know RSA is currently going on, you know, that every tool has some sort of AI, machine learning, whatever, you know, quote unquote, incorporated into their tool. I just... I don't know if they're using a tool that they already have, you know, procured that is leveraging, you know, AI or ML, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, and advancing their already, um, their knowledge. Yeah, I know a lot of spam filters and stuff like that are potentially using these type of things, but, or if they're actually ingesting or putting stuff into you know, chat GD, uh, GPT or you know, whatever. I, I don't know. You know, AI is, it still is very interesting to me. It really is. I mean, let's, let's make one thing clear though, ladies and gentlemen, let's make one thing very, very clear that just because you have AI inside of your environment, it does not replace the need for an analyst to review yes use tools that have ai and machine learning to help get on you know that first indicator but it's not going to it's not going to replace the human by any means you're still going to need human overview and analysis and things of that nature but anyway i don't want people thinking that AI is going to completely remove the SOC analyst role. I don't see that for many years. You know, it, it's too raw. It's too rough to be a complete replacement. You know, again, maybe in, you know, three to five years, you know, yeah, maybe so. Uh, Marcus is in chat's got it. You know, AI should mean assisted intelligence. Exactly right. You know, a lot of companies that we talk to really think that 
this is a replacement. Oh, I can downsize my internal organizations, you know, uh, analysts by 20% by doing this. Maybe, but you gotta, you gotta look at your proficiency levels, right? So anyway, I mean, it's not going away anytime soon by any means, but does it mean that you need to be a first adopter and trying to yeet all of your employees out the window because this is going to replace them by any means, nor should anybody in the information security space be worried about it, you know, taking their job within the next a couple of years. Yeah. If you are with a company that completely does that, they weren't a good company to work with anyway. They're, they're too far ahead and they're going to fall on their face. I would imagine that's just a prediction I have. Outdated WordPress plugin becomes a backdoor. Security researchers at Security observed threat actors using the legitimate yeah. WordPress plugin Evol PHP to backdoor websites. Stats show this plugin was used on over 8,000 sites, despite not being updated in over 11 years. The campaign spiked downloads up from a handful per week to over 23,000 in the last week. The plugin allows admins to insert PHP code pages that execute when a page is opened in a browser. Malicious actors use this to launch a specified remote code execution backdoor. Since the plugin isn't malicious in itself, it's made it harder to identify. Yep, and that, as we've been saying all week, you know, a lot of these tools are making it harder and harder to identify, to, I, to locate. I mean, we had the story yesterday or Friday with Google Cloud Product, GC, uh, GCP. You know, that vulnerability made it hard for your cloud admin you know normally you have your sys admin your network admin now cloud admin um to act, easily identify new resources being spun up um be like what is this you know we we went into that in nauseum a little bit yesterday i believe it was um and this is just another thing you know there are other crms that are out there i do know wordpress is one that a lot of web developers love using just because of the compatibility into other third-party applications and being able to um, you know, workflow process, streamline a lot of stuff, right? But you know, it may be time, yeah, well, I maybe a key word there, but um, yeah, I've been kind of screaming about it for a couple of years that you know we should really start looking into other things like Drupal or something like that, right? And replace that CMS tool from WordPress to another one that doesn't have all this. What the, I know this, I go off on some tangents a little bit, and this will be a little small one, but I want everybody to understand that when you have a majority market share, your software is in, I would say anything over 50%, of uh, general production, you know, whatever it is, Microsoft, uh, WordPress, um, Adobe, things of that nature, right? The threat actors are going to go to those because the ease of being able to export, uh, the ease of being able to find vulnerabilities, uh, find people who are not successfully patching things, um, you know, people using eval php who hasn't been updated in 11 years you know i mean this is a framework control you know you shouldn't be using software in your production that has been updated in 11 years right 
I mean, you really shouldn't be using software in your organization that hasn't been updated in over a year. It's pretty much an abandoned project, right? Um, we see it all the time with new vulnerabilities and everything like that. So clearly anything over a year, much less 11 freaking years. I mean, come on. I mean, somebody potentially needs to get their head examined, I would think. All right, let's listen to the mid-roll, ladies and gentlemen. And now a word from our Take security automation up a notch. With Tynes, it's easier than ever. The no-code automation platform is redefining and simplifying security operations. Start building mission-critical workflows and apps that streamline processes and ensure crucial data stays safe while extending the influence of your security team throughout your organization. Visit Tynes.com to find out more. All right, all right. As always, you if you're on the video stream and not the audio, you'll see the sponsors. And again, I don't normally talk about us a whole lot. I do. The one thing we did have come up in some LinkedIn, they're like, hey, how do we get a hold of you? We'll talk about that in a second. I got an actual QR code that if you're on your computer, you can scan it. You'll literally have my office number, my email address, um, you know, my cell phone number, all that stuff. Right. So, um, but this is the time that I do want to say, let's talk about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, right? Um, I see a lot of people in chat trying to trigger me with Windows Millennium, Windows Vista not being triggered today. Ladies and gentlemen, keep it to yourself and yeet that thing out your freaking window. Um, <laughs> yesterday, Aaron Strong was tagged and accepted. We did see a little bit of calamity in the chat with some confusion of you know, being tagged and stuff like that. Aaron, if you're in the chat, please say hello if you haven't already. And please tag somebody new for today's Simply Cyber Community Challenge. If you have not, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I've been seeing some real downturn. You know, we're only seeing eight likes on some of these people, seven comments. I want this thing to blow up. Is this the right one? 20, yeah, okay. Um. I'm not sure if this is the right one, is it? Yeah, this, this has to be. It's 21 hours ago. Um, so anyway, you know, this thing's only got eight likes, seven comments. I'm going to put his LinkedIn post right here in the chat. So if you're on YouTube, click on it, please. Go check this gentleman out. Read his story like it say hello to him just like you do in the chat let's let's get a little bit more community involvement on linkedin i know it just takes a few moments i know linkedin is known for having you know floods of inbound messages hey would you like me to be your outsourced you know accountant and marketing guy and this that and everything else and but just look over it read go over there read read aaron's story that we have up here um again i did get this this post confused with another one but like i was saying other uh, a little earlier today you know besides tampa is inviting him to come share his story you know and this gentleman just started if i remember my stories correctly right uh yeah so he's new to cyber loves the community and how it continues to uplift people and push them forward he loves his job and he just found out about simply cyber you know, can't get wait to get involved more. And he's already being invited to talk at 
B-sides. That, that is awesome. That is awesome. So please, again, go, go read these stories. You know, go connect. Go say hi. You know, that's what this, what this thing is for. And again, go on LinkedIn, type in, you know, Simply Cyber Community Challenge and look at the latest posts and, you know, again, connect with people, read about people's stories. You know, most of them only take two to three minutes and you meet somebody new, right? I mean, I know we're all a little bit of passive observers and uh, we like to be in our own little bubble and most of the time we're so busy with work, but come on, while you're sipping a couple drinks of your coffee this morning, you know, literally you can say hi. And we had some people um, talk about, you know, hey, Eric, how can we get in touch with you? Blah, blah, blah. I know we don't like to use QR codes, but this one literally is. So if you're on a computer and if you want to get my contact information, by no means am I trying to force myself down anybody. But this QR code literally takes you here. You can save my contact information. You know, you can exchange your contact information with me. You know, it's got all the social links. It's got a video that, you know, Dr. Gerald Osher was kind enough to host me on, you know, um, and again, got my cell phone, my office number, everything like that and our website. So, you know, again, that QR code takes you right to it. I'll let you pause it in the after effect. What I do want to mention, the, like I said earlier, in the mid-roll, something you'll probably see coming out is Qualdream shuts down. Now, Qualdream is another um program that was it's another zero click application and i'm going to put this thing in the chat so that way if you're on youtube you can check it out at your own but they did a lot of zero based touch applications um that really were like nco group and um they, they just did a lot of stuff. So that way you can really get into uh, people's organs, uh, people's devices, um, uh, journalists and, you know, other things, but they had their own spyware and, you know, apparently they're shutting down. I, we don't know why, uh, but there is your group that is shutting down. Um, so definitely keep, you know, again, click on that link, read through it. You definitely want to keep informed of this one because we don't know right now if this their software that they were making is completely abandoned now or did they sell it off to the highest bidder before officially closing down. Um, it, it even actually says it here. I don't know if they sold off their products before shutting down. Uh, one presumes that they did or will. So you know, is this the potential end of this particular software group? Um, I highly doubt it. This most of the time when you see these things, you know, they're not going to just go away quietly in the night, you know? So anyway, here we go with some more stories. Like I said, I wanted to share at least that one. That's something that's new that definitely want to make sure you are aware of. New all-in-one info stealer on the market. Researchers at Fortinet discovered a new modular info stealer malware available for sale on cybercrime forums. A company called Codex developed the tool, and it claims it's intended for educational use. Researchers noticed a surge in usage of the tool last month, largely in Europe and the U.S. The malware can steal data from endpoints, record keystrokes, activate peripherals like webcams, and capture a screen. 
Generally, it's used as part of a phishing campaign as a malicious attachment. The tool is under active development, increasing its stability and adding new features. Fortinet issued a report on the Codex tool, including indicators of compromise. Yeah, here we go. Here's some of your, here's a very ugly image. Dr. Gerald Osher will probably not be very happy about that infograph. Um, he's like, yay, email, phishing attempt, you know, nuclear bomb, PowerShell, you know, just, you know, data exfiltration through FTP or essentially. So, you know, you're looking for accountinfo.exe. I guarantee you it's not going to stay that file name. It probably still isn't now. Um, you know, probably the early editions of the software was accountinfo.exe, but it is a .NET loader that does, it is using Base64 encoded. You know, one of the ways that you may potentially be able to get around it is making sure that all of your PowerShell scripts need to be digitally signed inside your organization. That is definitely a best practice. Um, so that way, potential things like this cannot happen right so yeah hackers will hack right but they uh, actually called codex ransomware okay so this one looks like you know we've i think we've talked about this before if not it's definitely on private conversations where ransomware groups are not putting together you know ransomware payloads to actually encrypt you know, this, that's a Python icon on a disk. Um, I don't know if this actually means they're encrypting the files with a ransomware note, but definitely data exfiltration, which, again, we, we're seeing a lot of quote-unquote ransomware groups just solely using data exfiltration um, and not doing payloads to do ransomware encryption methods on environments it, it's really an interesting i'm not sure if this falls in that line it, i'm not seeing anything jumping right out at me to indicate that but this looks like it's just you know it's just malware designed to do these things just like a you know quote unquote R, uh, msp's rmm tool it's got all the same things you can record keystrokes you know steal your cookies and session tokens and everything on your browser you know Activate the webcam, which is always a little creepy, and capture screenshots. So, um, yeah. Be on the lookout. Things to know today. Tomiris targets Asia for Intel. A new report from Kaspersky found that the operators behind the backdoor Tomiris have been focusing operations on gathering intelligence from Central Asia. The Russian-speaking threat actor seems focused on government and diplomatic targets looking to steal internal documents. The group first appeared online in September 2021, potentially linked to the Nobelium group. The group uses spear phishing attacks using a variety of low sophistication attack methods, repeatedly hammering on the same targets. These attacks sometimes overlap with the Turla threat group, but show significant differences in tactics and sophistication. Researchers found the group very agile and open to experimentation with new attack methods. I don't know what to say except for keep your eyes on this. I mean, granted, unless you're you have clients in Central Asia, you know, I don't know if this is really something to be worried about. You know, at least lighting your hair on fire, right? I mean, we have seen malware in the past years that you know were specifically targeted for a country that went global, right? So, 
you know, definitely keep it on your radar, but it's something to fear unless you're in that geographic location. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, you definitely got, you know, state sponsored, uh, which is ATP 29, Cozy Bear, Midnight Blizzard, which, of course, enter all the fuzzy, you know, toe fungus names. <laughs> um, that you can do. Oh, look, another infograph for Dr. Gerald Osher. He'll love. So you got DNS hijacking. I don't know. Nice. Okay. Oh, we have Rat Ratatelle. So those who don't know, Ratatelle is everybody's heard of Cobalt Strike. For the most part, if you've been inside the uh, info security, Ratatelle is definitely one that's been kind of hidden a little bit. Um, yeah, it hasn't been talked about much. So a oh, Warzone rat, which is a remote access tool. Um, legitimate. So when SCP is a protocol, an application, a legitimate program that is put out so that way you can be able to do uh, file transfers through SSH. So, you know, the quote living off the land kind of, um, you know, living off the land to me anyway, and I could be completely wrong, but at least the way that I've always classified living off the land is using native tools inside of Windows, um, not using you know third-party applications, whether legitimate or not. You know, if you have to install something to make it work, I don't consider that living off the land. Um, but if you're able to leverage existing tools and features inside of a native OS, to me, that's living off the land. Or you know, you're using things in memory, um, like base 64 encoding. You're like PowerShell, you're loading up IC, uh, ISE or whatever, and you're dropping it and it's running in memory. It's not actually saving a file to the workstation or server in question. To me, again, I know some people have different terms, just like, you know, when you're talking about machine learning and artificial intelligence, ML and AI, you know, different people consider that different things but yeah this is pretty interesting i won't i almost effed up and said cool um but yeah standard ms exchange exploration spirit fishing links um here's something that yeah, here's a one thing i really still find interesting let me blow this up because i'm not sure if everybody can see this or not but if you are monitor if you're part of the security for your uh, for your organization and you're allowing emails to come through that have a raw hta or a link file attachment uh please stop please stop go in there set that stuff to be quarantined and you know that way you i know it's going to put more um work on the infosec community but end users should not have access to this, just like an ISO file, right? Um, you really shouldn't. So take that for what it's worth and go secure your environment. Please, please. Twitter verification, somehow more confusing. Twitter appears to have reinstated some blue verification check marks to high profile users. Many of those users claim they haven't paid for a blue subscription, and some of the accounts belong to deceased individuals. 
All check marks indicate these accounts paid for Twitter Blue subscriptions. This isn't consistent, and some previously verified accounts with millions of followers remain unchecked. CEO Elon Musk confirmed he personally paid for Blue on three accounts. The BBC also reports its gold checkmark, used for company verification, was reinstated, but that it didn't pay for it. Variety reported that a fake Disney Junior account received a gold verification badge over the weekend. The account had a small number of followers and used a racial slur in its pinned tweet. Twitter subsequently suspended it after Variety reported the account to Disney. Yeah. Another day, another Twitter issue. I don't, I don't really want to go. I mean, it's going to get too political and biased if I weigh in on this thing. I mean, I really don't understand why. You know, instead of it, the other thing I guess consider why this may be on the CISO series is just because it is Twitter. It is a technology, but it's. Forgive me. I'm just going to move on because I just. I don't think it belongs here, and I don't think it warrants a comment in a public forum for me on this one. Google Authenticator adds 2FA syncing. In the security versus convenience spectrum, Google took a big step toward the latter. It updated Google Authenticator to now allow users to sync two-factor authentication codes with a Google account. Other authentication apps offer similar features, and Google said it had been a top feature request. Google says this should now make access to two-factor codes more durable and prevent service lockouts if a device is lost or stolen. As part of this major feature rollout, Google also refreshed the app logo. Uh, is this cool or not for you, ladies and gentlemen? I know back when I was on Google and I was using the Google Auth, I know it was a major problem when you transferred your phone or when you upgraded your phone and everything, trying to get these TOTP codes to transfer correctly. A lot of times they would load sometimes they wouldn't sometimes they would be activated sometimes they wouldn't you know the, the transfer and upgrade process from the google authenticator application for your totp codes on your two-factor that was a lot of freaking <laughs> words in that one but it's always been a problem right so you know hats off to google for making a way to potentially easily back this thing up and potentially easily recover these items or these TOTP codes and being able to get back in your your organization. But the one thing you need to make sure you're paying very, very close attention to, you're now adding Google Cloud as a backup repository for your TOTP codes. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you have MFA. While you are adding more redundancy inside of your application and your uh, feature sets of things that your users are using, you got to make sure that you are securing that added feature as well. You know, this again, hats off to them. I think it's finally a good idea. I wish more applications had a better way of doing a backup of these things. Um, but, you know, it's, I understand why they don't, but, you know, if you go out on a fishing trip like we do down here in the southeast, you know, you're out on a boat and your phone drops and Lord help you when you're trying to get back into your accounts again. Um, again like I said, those that's you, the Google Authenticator and some of these other applications is just you better just make sure you have your, your backup codes and everything else like that um, and strongly in place. So this may help 
curb that a little bit, but like I said, just make sure you are, you know, you have MFA on the iCloud itself, not the iCloud, but the G Google backup cloud. Um, Cause Lord help you don't want a threat actor potentially get into that and then have, you know, access to all your TOTP codes. Right. So, I mean, Google does a pretty decent job at some of this stuff, but anyway. I think that was it. We've covered the emerging cyber skill shortage on this show. Yep, and that is it, ladies and gentlemen. We are a few minutes past the 45. Are we one minute past the 45? Um, so thanks so much for joining. I do know that we. I do have to skedaddle um, and take care of some other very important things that I've been seeing blowing up on my side. Um so I do need to run, but thank you so much for joining again. Dr. Gerald Osier will hopefully be back on Friday, but if not, I will do my best to hold down the fort until he gets back. Um, but I am very honored to be filling in for such big shoes. Hopefully I'm doing a good job and everybody's enjoying it and not wanting to go play in traffic on the interstate. And just for, everybody because i know dolphin has been a big thing one more time before we sign out take care everybody see y'all tomorrow there once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites they were the same a criminal then found their fame by taking that data to go Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and